This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to People Talk. People Talk is about getting ahead at work, becoming a leader, establishing your personal brand, and motivating yourself and those around you. Hosted by Angela Hall, who has decades of experience working in the field of human resources, you can expect lively discussions about topics like workplace politics, dealing with difficult employees and clients, creating an inclusive workplace, and jump-starting your career. Here's your host, Angela Hall. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of People Talk. People Talk is where we talk about all things related to HR, career, work-family balance. It's great to uh, join you today. It is a nice spring day here in East Lansing, Michigan, home of the Michigan State University um, Spartans. And I'm glad to that you're listening. So today we're going to talk about procrastination. And I was thinking about that as I procrastinated about right doing this podcast. I love my podcast. I love doing it. And I appreciate you all listening to it. So why do I do it? Why do I pro- procrastinate? And it had me think about a few things. So back when I was in um, my PhD program, we read um, a seminal article by someone named Gersick, Connie's Gersick. And it was about something called the punctuated equilibrium mark model, punctuated equilibrium. I personally like to call it the oh crap model. Um, what it means, and, and this was done in the context of teams, but they looked how teams worked. So what teams would have, is like they would have like a project that they would need to do and they would work on it. And, you know, they'd meet like for the first time and then they wouldn't look at it for like several months or several weeks. Then they'll be like, oh my God, we only have like one more month to get this done. And it'd be this frenzy of activity. Ah! And then they were like, ooh, we got a lot done. Ooh, that feels good. So then they put it aside, they pat themselves on the back and then they realize like about a week later, a uh, week before the deadline, they have this big project due and they go, ah, I need to work on this. Um, and so they have this frenzy of activity in the end. So if you're going to map activity, it wouldn't be like a smooth line on a chart. It would have a bunch of up and downs squiggly marks, um, kind of like an EKG or a lie detector when someone lies um, periodically. That's what um, punctuated equilibrium model says. Why is it like that? Well, it has to do, with, and this applies to teams, but it can, this model can also apply to human beings who, individuals, individuals. Um, first of all, most of us human beings are inherently lazy. Why are we inherently lazy? Even the successful ones of us, we are cognitive misers. And we are something that um, um, folks like Phil Tetlock and other people have said before is there's only so much of our cognitive resources that could go around. And so we are kind of stingy with them. 
And so a lot of times we put off doing something because we're um, looking at or trying to do other things or we're trying to um, not try to tax ourselves too much, right? Another reason is because of a principle called conservation of resources model. And to me, it's kind of related to cognitive misers. And conservation of resources, and this is by a guy named Hobfell, says that, you know, there's only so much of us to go along around. There's only so much of Angela to go around. So once again, I have to be very aware of how much I stretch myself. I, I might stretch myself too thin. As a consequence of it, when it comes to procrastination, we may only concentrate on the things that we have to do right now. The things we have to do right now and tell ourselves, even if we're lying to ourselves, that we have time to get to something. Another principle that is related to this, it's called your keys Dodson, your keys Dodson law. I'm not sure why they call it a law because there's no laws of human behavior. There's no equal MC square, but your keys Dodson, I guess they felt really good about themselves. So they call it a law. So essentially what it says is that as a human being, we have stressors. And the best way to apply to stressors or thinking about the, the stretchers are, and I date myself this one, um, is think about Star Trek and the USS Enterprise, right? And the, the, the um, USS Enterprise is flying through space and then the Klingons are coming and they're firing their weapons. What do they do? They raise the shields, right? They raise the shields. So what happens is that life's little stressors are all are oftentimes like those, um, uh, they're like those Klingon torpedoes coming in, but we have emotional shields that we raise, right? One of them may be to put things off. Other types of emotional shields that we have is to seek out social support. It could be engaging in voice, like telling your boss, hey, I've gotten too much. It may be taking a vacation, right? It might be taking some type of break. So, but what, going back to Yerkes Dodson hypotheses, it says that people um, need some stress to get out of work, got out of bed in the morning, right? If not, I would still be in my bed. This morning when I woke up, um, my husband got up before I did. And when I turned around, there were three dogs in my bed and it was so nice, right? Um, if I didn't have things to do, like meet with the students in my lab or record this podcast, I could still be in bed right now, snuggling on them, right? Looking at um, dog videos and cat memes online, but I have responsibilities. So the notion of stress comes from actually the engineering field. And it means about pressure. Like think about um, a civil engineer. That person needs to know about the stress of like steel and how much weight they can have when they are building a bridge. So the psychology field borrowed the term stress and stress is something, it's a pressure that's applied. But we, you know, and as a human being, Gerke Stasi's law says, that we need some pressure to motivate us, some pressure to motivate us. But at some point it gets too much. 
So Yerkes uh, Dawson's hypothesis says that, except for really simple tasks, when you get to a point where you have so much pressure being applied, your performance decreases. And so we know that, uh, that we know that, we intuitively know that. So some things that we do is that we avoid doing things so that we don't feel, at least in that moment, the pressure. Remember, human beings were conditioned to avoid aversive um, situations. I see this on Facebook or like on YouTube sometimes. And I see people give their kids, the, their babies, their first taste of a lemon and they scrunch up their face and the parents are laughing because the kids scrunch up their face. Well, once they do that, that first time, they're less like, they're, they're probably not gonna grab for that lemon again, right? Even like little babies. So we try to kind of avoid um, things that are unpleasant. And that's just something that's adaptive in some forms to human beings. But there could be other reasons why we procrastinate, why we don't do the things that we need to do. For example, we may have anxiety, right? Think, go back to that hierarchies Dotson hypothesis. We might feel, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. I'm so stressed out. A lot of people like to talk about analysis paralysis. They don't know, and that's not a scientific term. Um, it, it means though that people are just like, they have such a heavy decision to make that they're just like a deer frozen in the headlights, or you have so much work that you're just frozen. Um, Another reason why people avoid things and pr procrastinate could be just as simple as um, they don't like doing the job. They don't like doing that particular type of um, uh, thing. So they just, you know, they bury their head in the sand and they wait to the last possible minute to do it. It could be that and I see this a lot for myself. I have some projects that literally some of my co-authors must hate me. I'll tell you a little story. When I was um, in my um, it was in my doctoral program, I started working on a paper. And my dad said to me after my doctoral program, he goes, Angela, are you ever going to get this paper published? How many years has it been? It was like nine years. He said, are you going to publish it before I die? And I was like, whoa that's pretty heavy. So I eventually got it, I eventually got it published, but, and I love my dad. My parents have lived with me for the past 15 years ever since my daughter was born. But why was it? Well, I didn't feel that pressure. I was on any deadline. I think that's one of the hardest things about being a faculty member is that other than showing up for class and potentially office hours, and for those of you who know faculty, a lot of faculty don't show up for office hours. Shh, I didn't tell you that. Um, we don't really have a lot of constraints on our time, right? It's, 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 it's like, it's ill-defined. But even if you have a job that's more defined, we oftentimes, um, we have autonomy, most of us, on what order we do our jobs. Unless, you know, we're working on like an assembly line or something like that. But as most white collar workers, we have some flexibility. And a lot of times we put off doing things that we may feel that are that's not that we don't want to do. Or in my situation, I was putting things off because I wanted things to be perfect. I wanted it to be great. I wanted it to be wonderful. 
right? But what do we know? We know that most people are not, um, most people um, will never reach perfection. That's impossible. So at some point I had to say, you know what, Angela, you need to just pull this Band-Aid off real fast and, um, you know, like get it over, submit it to a journal. So I submitted a couple of journals, it got rejected, but then it got accepted, right? And I think this publication was one of the reasons why I got my job offered uh, here at MSU. So the absence of structure, unpleasant tasks, timing is another reason why we, um, we put off doing stuff. A lot of time that there is a gap between that reward and that punishment or that or I'm sorry, that action and that punishment or that action that reward. And so if we don't see a direct payoff in the short term, it's really easy to put that off. So if my procrastinating is not getting people yelling at me now, well, I'm like, hey, well, I have some more slack so I can push it off and off and off and off. So what does that tell you? Um, um, as I wrap this up, I'm gonna talk about some ways that you can, um, you can create accountability for yourself and um, others and avoid procrastination. But one of the things that I will talk about now is that you know, when you don't see that connection between the, that the action or the lack of action and the reward or the consequence, that might be sometimes too that the way your job is structured or how you're managed, there are some issues. Now, some jobs are um, built, just designed with that level of ambiguity, like my job, but some jobs might lean themselves more toward having interim or mid-level performance feedback by your boss, having check-ins, and maybe those are some things that can stimulate people, um, incentivize people to uh, not procrastinate. Another thing that I see myself too doing in, and the, you know, I, to prepare for this podcast, I looked at some articles, including on Wall Street Journal, I some scholarly articles. I, there's one in Psychology Today from a few years back, Five Common Reasons We Procrastinate. And it talked about anxiety. And it talked about that a little bit before, but a lot of times you have the self-doubt. And I like to call it like, um, it's, it, it's like, we know that we like to avoid the unpleasant things, but sometimes just thinking about doing the work seems so much. Like for example, I have to clean out my basement. So because we got it renovated, I delayed the contractor getting started because just the idea of just all the work I had to do, going through all my daughter's old toys and all the papers I have and all that kind of stuff. It was like, oh, it was anxiety producing. So then that will um, find, that will, you know, have people avoid doing it. And finally, I'm like, you know what? It's not fair to the contractor. He's a good guy. I need to get off my backside and do this. Finally, another reason why people don't 
do what they need to do and they procrastinate is because of self-confidence. Um, we feel that we're not going to do it well. We feel bad. We, we have nagging self-doubt. And it was kind of like that with some of my, my own projects I've had. I'm just like, oh, but it's not as good as it needs to be. I, I want it to be better. And my husband always says, hey, Angela, you're doing well in your career. You're at a great university. You're well-respected. But even sometimes I feel like, wow, this is just not good enough. Sometimes things have to be good enough. You might not get the perfection, but what you need to do is like, you know, ask for a friendly review, friendly advice from somebody that they can review your work or, you know, make sure that you, um, you know, ask, ask if you feel vulnerable asking your boss, ask a coworker, ask a mentor, ask someone that you feel good um, talking to, whether something is good enough to submit. When I was practicing law, I had that too. I had a project that I need to do. I just spent months, months working on it because I never felt that it was good enough to go out. And once my boss sent out a draft of it and people were like, oh yeah, this is really good, Angela. So self-confidence. So what are some things to avoid procrastination? Well, you need to have set goals for yourself. Um, short-term goals, medium goals, and long-term goals, daily, weekly, monthly goals, even yearly. It can be the five-year plan. And you need to constantly check back on these goals. Like maybe you not, don't need to look at your yearly or your five-year plan every week, but maybe you need to look at your yearly plan every month to see how that's going. Also have an accountability partner. Um, all of our jobs have built-in accountability. Our lives have built-in accountability. If I don't file my taxes, well, IRS is going to come looking for me, right? Potentially. If I don't do certain things, there's going to be accountability. But certain other things, there aren't as, as clear. So what do you do? You tell your boss, I'm going to give this to you by a certain day. You tell your coworker, please nag me until I get this done. You do things that will stimulate you into working. As a boss, like I mentioned before, you make a clear connection between your action or lack of action and your um, rewards and consequences. Give frequent feedback, do frequent check-ins, right? Another thing is to increase your self-efficacy. Self-efficacy is your self-confidence on how you do something. Take training, ask for developmental feedback, do those types of things so that you can feel good in what you're doing. Also, do something called job crafting. I am really good at mentoring students. I am really good at doing things like organizing research projects and research teams. I don't do as well, at least I do it well, but I don't think I don't like it and so I like avoid it. I don't like doing like little political things or drama things. And so that really is not a place where I need to be, right? So um, job crafting is when you create a space where you ask for certain um, opportunities at work, where you find yourself doing more of the things you like, more of the things you want to be developed in, more of the things that you're good at and less of the things that you don't wanna do. You'll be surprised how people will gladly see if you can trade assignments to you or your boss may give you work that um, 
he or she doesn't want to do, but like you may do it and say, hey, well, kind of negotiate not doing something that you don't want to do. That's called job crafting. And there's a lot of interest around that in HR. And we've and the 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 emerging research shows that job crafting is good for the employee, the boss, and the organization. Okay. Um also as a boss, when you are supervising people, make sure that you um, when you're doing these feedback, these, these regular uh, check-ins or giving their feedback, try to observe how they're doing. How are they doing emotionally? Do they feel like they can shoulder the, the burden, the load of their work? Um, you know, employ, uh, refer people to resources like EAP or, uh, or employee resource groups or affinity groups where they can get support. Um, so in some Accountability is key, but also you have to nurture yourself and nurture the people that you um, who work for you, because oftentimes um, procrastination is a part of a larger issue. And with that, I am going to end this version of People Talk, which I procrastinated to do. I hope to hear you. I hope that you listen to me. Um, next week, um, people talk, uh, episodes drop on Thursdays. And, um, if you have questions, send me an email or a comment, athall at msu.edu. Thank you, everyone. Take care and be well. Thanks for listening to another episode of People Talk with Angela Hall. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues and remember to subscribe to our show. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.